everybody. Welcome to Local Business Hacks Podcast. I'm your host, Carl Case, and I'm on a mission to help you. Every week, we're going to be talking to local business owners and experts to get their best tips, tricks, and hacks to grow your business. This show is designed to teach you, inspire you, and motivate you to take massive action and start to build your future-proof business. Whether you're just starting off or you're taking your existing business to the next level, this episode is for you. So let's get started. Hey, Janelle. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the podcast. I am Carl Case, Head of Business Development at Referizer. So excited for you to tell the world who you are and your amazing story. So I'm going to let you take the floor. Oh, man. Well, thanks for having me. Jumping right into it. I'm Janelle Reisner, the Director of Marketing and Brand for I Love Kickboxing. And yeah, where to even begin? I mean, maybe we should start by defining what is I Love Kickboxing? Who are we? Why in the world am I even on your podcast? Um, so I can start there and we can kind of move into my, my journey. But I Love Kickboxing, we're a fitness franchise that focuses very obviously on kickboxing and we really work. Yeah. All the punches, all the kicks, we got it. Um, (laughs) And one of the things I love about it is we're really focused on, you know, empowering all people, but very specifically our largest demographic is women in finding that inner strength, that inner badass, that there is nothing like punching and kicking a bag to music to really just release something inside of you. If, if you haven't done it, if you're listening, I, I mean, yes, of course, promoting the brand here, but you have to just try it. I mean, if you ever wanted to punch someone something, this is the healthy way to do it, right? I agree. I agree. <laughs> so, it, you know, we've watched members that come in, they're going through, maybe it's just stress at work, maybe it's a divorce, maybe it's death, you know, something that's a little bit more challenging and just that release, that cathartic release that you get from that experience is like nothing else. Um, so no putting pictures of the ex-boyfriends on the punch on the kickboxing. Bag. You know, the brand did kind of do that for a while. We, we've strayed away from that. I feel like we're a little healthier, maybe, <laughs> but you know, I welcome it. If someone really wanted to put a face on, on the bag, I'd say, go for it. You know, whatever works for you. If that's your opportunity to do it in a healthy way, I say, we empower you, you to do so. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, truly. And then that's, that's the fun part, right? We can laugh about it. You can find a way again, that is healthy and it doesn't actually have to be that negative to be able to do that. Um, so I've been with the company for about a year and it has been a fun journey. The company has been around for 10 years overall and has had quite the history. We ended up, the company ended up selling during COVID. So we all know that the fitness industry took a big hit during the pandemic I won't probably rub that into anyone listening. We all we all know that story quite well, probably more more deeply than any of us wish to. But here we are, and we had some new owners come in, purchase the company, and since then really rebuilt the team. And we've been rebuilding the company, the brand, the messaging, really taking what worked foundationally, and being able to move forward and decide who we want to be in the future. So that's a little bit about the company. I can jump in a little bit to my backstory, please. You know, good old Midwestern girl, grew up in Wisconsin. And I, at 18, ended up just going to a ton of group fitness classes, probably like a lot of people in the industry. I was an 18-year-old, you know, kid, I guess you could say an adult, but I felt like a kid. 
gained some weight in college and really honestly had a pretty unhealthy mindset around the entire thing, but I was going to fitness classes all the time at the rec center. Just, you know, my roommate and I, gosh, we would like walk on the treadmill and an incline for hours, you know, all the unhealthy things that people do. And one of the positives that came from that, I suppose, was I was in so many group fitness classes that one day, one of the group instructors said, do you just want to teach here? And I was a business major, you know, I had no concept. All my friends were kinesiology majors. And I was like, I don't, am I qualified to do that? I don't, she's like, I mean, you could probably, you're literally here every day, multiple times a day, (laughs) like might as well get paid for it. So I was like, okay, sounds cool. Went through the process of getting a certification and ended up teaching group fitness throughout college uh, since I was 18. And it sparked a lot in me. It gave me a lot of what I think our members probably get just learning that sense of empowerment, the capability that my body had, it started to change my focus on my body and like what I cared about versus maybe some of the things I did before, which was cool. Still a lot of work to do in that area (laughs) throughout the rest of my career in life, but it did start that process. Um, and it really sparked something in me that I knew I wanted to own my own fitness studio. So business student, anytime we'd have to do a business plan, I'm in there, like writing my own business plans for my studio. And I was even the, like, you'll laugh at this, but I was the type of person we'd have to do a group project. And I was in a class once and I was like, I don't want to do it with a group. I want to actually create a business plan and I want to do it for me. So I was like, can I just do this by myself? And the professor was like, uh, sure. (laughs) You know, like, I mean, what are you going to say to that? So yeah, so I did. So I ended up creating a business plan, um, ended up working actually in events as an executive event planner. I did that throughout college. And then after I graduated, um, transitioned into that role doing, you know, large scale events for the university, actually. So main focus commencement. And it just so happened that I had gotten introduced to somebody who was opening a fitness studio in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And at this time I was 23, 24, maybe, and they were looking for someone to manage the studio. I'll kind of cut this down because we only have a certain amount of time, but basically through an evolutionary process, ended up being the, um, you know, co-owner of the studio and, and really running it from the ground up. It was a single location. Everything we did was from scratch. We made a ton of mistakes, which I'm sure we'll get into <laughs> basically launching a concept and having to reconceptualize yeah. it about a year later. Uh, and did that for almost five years until we sold the company, spent some time doing some consulting, actually specifically through MindBody. So anyone in the fitness industry, big player there and sporting other local business owners. That was a big passion of mine. Um, if anyone's owned a small business, whether it be fitness or otherwise, you know, that it's probably one of the hardest things that you will ever do in your life. I still I kind of hope I don't face anything that hard <laughs> again, but I mean, it's still to this day, one of the hardest things I've ever done. And uh, e- even I'll kind of add this in and we'll, we'll talk about this, I'm sure, but just the wellness of the wellness providers is always the last thing. You know, if you own a fitness studio, I feel like your own fitness, your own wellness, your own health, you're focusing on everybody else's and your wellness and health is the last thing to come forward. And that was exactly what happened to me. I mean, my hair was falling out. Like it, we, like we had to sell the, like it was done. I, I was done, you know, I was tapped out, completely burnt out. 
Um, and so anyway, I went into consulting, actually ended up working for MindBody as a corporate trainer. So teaching people how to use the product, teaching people about the company. We always said we were really students of the business, which was really fun because we got to sit in all the rooms and just learn how the corporation worked and then be able to basically regurgitate that to people. We were very cross departmental. So we'd work with the sales team. We'd work with the marketing team. We'd work with onboarding, customer support. So it was a really, really cool experience. I loved working there. I worked with some of the best people. They're all still in my life today. And ended up working for some tech partners, which Refriser, I'll give you a plug. I didn't work with you all, but I worked in that space as a tech partner for MindBody. So I know what that's like in artificial intelligence and machine learning. And then COVID hit. And then I took some time off. <laughs> and then I love kickboxing sort of just fell on my lap through some connections. I was familiar with the company. I kickboxed before. Um, but when Dan and Sean, the owners introduced me to the concept, what they were looking to do, I, you know, I was sold. I was like, yeah, um, I wasn't actually expecting to go back to the workforce in this capacity, but after talking to them, I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm here. I'm interested in doing that and being a part of the team that recreates this brand. Awesome. Well, what a story. My first question is, just from working with you in the capacity that I have, I can tell you're a very goal oriented individual and something that you said from a goal perspective was for you to own your own fitness studio when it seems as though your path has instead brought you to aid. I don't even know how many people that were maybe getting to that point of owning their gym or multiple different group fitness studios. Did that shape you and shape your dream into something else? Talk to me about how, what did you accomplish that you wanted to? And in that process, how did you learn things that, that got you to where you are today? And you're clearly very happy in your position. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. So I had mentioned wanting to own my own studio. I feel like, you know, got that opportunity. People will ask me, would you ever own another studio? I'm not going to say no, <laughs> but again, that struggle is real. I know how hard it is. So I, I would cautiously say yes, if I ever did it again. Um, but it did, it really did change actually my own sense of purpose and what I was trying to do in the workforce. And when I applied to work for MindBody, I interviewed with the senior vice president of people and culture. And he had asked me at the time, you know, why do you want this job? Like, what do you think you can actually do here? I'm pretty sure that's what he said. <laughs> And I told him, I said, I don't know if this position you know, has that much influence, but I know the little intricacies of how painful having technology that doesn't work can be in your everyday life as a business owner and how critical it is that whoever you're working with, whether it be a technology, a vendor, a partner, that it actually fits what you're trying to do. Because if it doesn't, it hurts yeah. and it hurts every single day. And I said, I want to be able to take what I learned at the time because I used mind body at my studio and bring that information in my own personal experience to make other business owners' lives easier. And so Fired. right. I mean, <laughs> and I did, you know, it got to be really cool. We did some simulations, I'll tell you, kind of on the back end where we would basically practice and show our development team what it would look like when things would break down in the studio and how critical yep. it was when like one little feature wouldn't work and how, if you've ever been to a studio with 60 people coming in and out, I mean, it's chaos, you're flipping rooms, 
you're limited on staff because now one, if you can even get staff and you know, two, just because obviously it's a cost, um, how critical that technology piece really is and you know, those automations and those tools. And so it, it really did change my own trajectory of focusing on how can I support other people like me in being able to, whether it be in a consulting fashion in a company that's providing a tool fashion um, to be able to run their business better and not have honestly the health, health ramifications that I had when I left the studio. Yeah. And obviously, you know, fast forward, it's been what, five years since you owned the studio. Mm -hmm. I mean, technology forever helps and hurts us. And, you know, speaking on that, when we rely on it every day, whether it's for processing payments, scheduling people in, if our technology is not talking and we have all of a sudden 120 people show up to a class that can support 20, we're screwed. So I definitely agree with you. And, and, understand on that front, speak to me a little bit about technology and the tech stack that you utilize or have utilized in the past a little more in depth. How does that shape you and your role as head of marketing? What do you rely on today? What have you relied on in the past? And how has the last five years of you being knee deep in this space, what have you seen from a transition on, on the tech side? Yeah, big question. Well, I will tell you, I joke with people all the time, this is going to be like a mind body commercial, but mind body has never left my life. It doesn't matter where I go. <laughs> so that's probably the biggest foundational piece. Um, right. Give them a shout out there. But then of course, you know, all the tech partners and things that come with that have started to integrate into my experience. But when I was back in the studio, we really had mind body. And then I was using Excel and email merges to send out our marketing and basically doing it manually. So anytime we wanted to send out an offer after they bought their first intro offer, you know, here's me pulling that list out of mind body and, you know, copying and pasting into Excel. So definitely now that's changed a lot. Um, you know, I've used HubSpot in the past. Now I love kickboxing. We, we have quite a few different platforms from different email servers to working with um, you know, partners like you all, and which I think is really, really important in making sure that those automations work. I know MindBody itself has started to come quite a bit of ways with their tools. There's a lot of tools that were not available, whether they acquire tech partners or work with tech partners that now really help to make that process a lot more seamless than the manual process that it once was. But, you know, a huge part of marketing, you know, from your background, but is the automations and how do you basically alleviate what I was just describing, copying and pasting and sending it out and realizing that you forgot to send it out. And that's not optimal timing, right? For the consumer, everything's consumer centric. Now you need to get their attention where you can get it, when you can get it. And when you're a business owner, copying and pasting in Excel, that was once a month when I had time or, you know, every week when I had time, whatever it may be. And there was, I'm sure so many opportunities that we had missed, even though we did well, but if we had that automated and it wasn't just reliant on me as a person who is focused on 700 other things, you know, cleaning hair out of bike pedals, scrubbing toilets, all the luxurious things that come with being an entrepreneur in the fitness space when uh, you know, you're really trying to do it all yourself. Uh, and then you're like, oh, let me wash my hands quick to, you know, send out this email. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's a lot. So being able to work yeah. with different tech partners and really perfect that tech stack. And when we work with business owners now in the franchising space, 
one of the things I can appreciate is I think their mindset can be of that, that technology is very expensive. And is it really worth the expense or is the vendor worth the expense? And sometimes I'll ask them like, what's their level of sanity? Cause that's, you know, that can judge the value too, of how much they're doing. Um, but just how much ease and how much, how much better your results can be by sure. taking that money and actually making that investment. So that's a lot of what we're doing, even in the franchise space is how are we educating our people as to why these tools, why these vendors, why these agencies are so important to really be able to support you as the business owner. Because I will say one of the things that I learned is you can't do it all. I mean, we know that I think in our mind, but then when we look at the expense and depending on what your mindset is around, around money, I know for me very much, it was always, how do we cut our expenses? How do we cut our expenses? But if you can say, how do we optimize the expenses that we're using to generate more revenue? I mean, that's a different kind of conversation. That's definitely more focused on growth and possibility rather than how do we operate this as lean as possible. But what ex- what is the expense that comes with that from not necessarily a financial expense, but from the expense on the business owner, from an expense on your opportunities, from the expense on scalability as a business. Um, so really finding technology and technology partners that truly support what you're trying to do and help you meet your goals. Thank you. Just adding my two cents onto it for anyone that's watching this. Technology in your position plays such a big role outside of the things that you mentioned from approving budgets, when you go to your C-suite and say, hey, we've allocated X to Y, and this is what we got in return, and we can see it in real time from a singular place, that's music to everyone's ears because we're in the world of data, and data should be the thing that drives your decisions. And unfortunately, I would say a majority of businesses that we work with prior to them coming on board or implementing a MindBody or a Referizer or an automation platform, anything they don't have visibility into nearly anything that they need to. So their decisions are based on other business owners that they might deem successful and what deems them successful. Maybe it's the car that they drive that they bought on credit that's going to be repoed in the near future, whatever it may be. You know, we live in a world of so many distractions. So data is so important. And that's, I know that you use that every day to mold those decisions and I I love working with, I love kickboxing as a brand to help drive data-driven decisions to trickle down to the franchisees because you're ultimately there to help them thrive and be the best that they can be when they might not have access to all those things. That's why being as a brand with over hundred locations, you guys can leverage that data across the whole US to help new franchisees come on board or, or existing franchisees with what is their real keys to success. So it's really just an amazing thing that we all have available now in 2022 that we can sync from all these different platforms into a singular place where we can view, you know, what is really driving that revenue. So I appreciate your input in that. And, and it's, it's really, it's a great thing. Yeah. I like that. You said that one of my notes, as far as you had asked me prior to getting on this call, you know, what would you recommend? And I said, keep it simple, but know if simple is working (laughs) and that's, that's key. And that was one of the things, even when I was in studio, again, we didn't have the technology and the tools that we, do now. It was downloading raw data into Excel spreadsheets. And I would take probably five to 10 hours a month to analyze it all and put it into a report and then you decide what decisions to make from there. But it was that 10 hours. I'm glad that people don't have to do that now because of technology, but it was very, very, very well worth 
the time that I was yeah. spending because it was, that was the only reason I knew I was, I was 25. Like what is a 25? I mean, 25 year olds know things, but really when it comes to business, I had never done any of that before. So I had two input sources. I had member feedback and I had the data that we were collecting. And that was the only, and I knew I didn't know what I didn't know. That was, I guess, the beauty of being young and being able to build that. So that was all I had. <laughs> yeah. It was critical. A hundred percent. And, you know, now, obviously, if you were rewind back to if 25 year old Janelle was living in today's day and age, you know, it, it, you'd be empowered with so much tech that can really aid you to make these decisions, which is just great. So, mm -hmm. I, so much quicker. I can just go to a dashboard now. I'm like, oh, oh, here's all the things that used to take me two hours <laughs> to figure out. And now someone's just laid it out there on a dashboard and Ooh, it's a good life over here, Carl. <laughs> I'm glad you're able to relax. I, I should just lay back. <laughs> so easy. My job's easy. <laughs> you know, the, the, the cliche that I've heard my entire life is love your job so much that it doesn't feel like a job. So there you go. Glad oh. you, you've, you've scrubbed the toilets to get to that point. It was Scrub worth the toilets and pulled the hair. Man, Carl, hair and showers that'll never leave my brain and just, Oh, I won't even do it for, I, I won't scar everybody else on this call, but <laughs> there's a lot of hair in the gym. <laughs> I've, had a, I've had a week of hair, my top three favorite restaurants I've been to in the last week and they no. all had hair in my food. And I'm like, no, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, it's been a hairy week. I know the feeling. Oh, I'm so Nobody sorry. Else someone else's hair. There's a theme here. I'm, I'm bringing that up. I'm really sorry. I'm just bringing that back into your life. <laughs> it's okay. Hopefully tonight I don't have a, a, a nice hairy entree. <laughs> Anyways, transitioning, you know, so I, I appreciate the value and, and this info. What do you wish that you knew outside of, you know, having a tech stack that fully functions, doesn't break on you, having data to drive those decisions, being able to lock down things in your position to where you can be very strategic in aiding your partners and your franchisees into making the right decisions. What did you, what do you wish that you knew or what are some recent lessons that you've learned that, you know, many people I'm sure could benefit from? Yeah, I think it's worth saying it again. I alluded to it, but invest in support. I mean, that is the biggest thing. And whether that means you decide you want to open up your business within a franchise because you know, you're getting that support or, if you do really have this strong vision, you want to go out on your own, that you're working with the right vendors, consultants, contractors. I mean, to me, that's what makes this space, the ability to stay in this space for longer. If you're trying to do it all by yourself and if you're trying to learn it all, and I see this still every single day of, even in the franchising space, like you're given this information, but people are like, oh, I'm going to and it's great to be empowered to go figure things out on your own, but like really diving in deep into certain areas. And it's like, there is a system, you know, there's a formula. There are people out there that do this full time and they have 50 people with them that are gathering all of this data, all this information, all this experience. Like you do not have to learn it all on your own. Yeah. So that is the biggest thing. I mean, just really finding the people that align with your why the vendors that align with your why and that really understand you, the vertical you're in and what you're trying to do and, you know, invest your resources in it because it will make this something that you can do for more than, you know, five years. Like I said, I joke that I would never go back, but I think if I would open up another studio and I'd have the support 
that I see now in this position, I mean, that would be a whole nother space versus having to do it all on your own without that support. So I, I truly think it's critical because people come to this space because they have passion, because they love the members, because they're creating this beautiful community and space that has somewhat deteriorated a little bit in our digital world. And don't get me wrong. I love being able to have these conversations, but the, the studio space is somewhat sacred now it's the the meeting place it's the eye-to-eye contact it's the movement and the energy of a a group in a room and that is special so I would hate to see these people that are passionate and that have built these amazing communities have to exit because they're not getting the support that they need when they're supporting and changing the lives of so many people Agreed. Community is something that I personally, I haven't been in the group fitness space too long, but over the last six years, I've really seen the word of culture and community excel brands. And it's, it's, I get goosebumps thinking about it because going to the gym or going to a yoga class or or a, a fitness studio used to be for you, you and you. And it was like, don't look at me. Now I work out at Orange Theory every morning and I'm high-fiving the people next to me. Sure, when the newcomers come in, they're like, who's that psychopath jumping up and dancing on the treadmill? And then they're like, oh, that's Carl. But But then they love you. Yeah, and if they don't, I'm going to make sure I didn't put deodorant on that day. No, I'm just kidding. But but you know, okay, so I can go into a tangent and I want to be mindful of time. But the thing about exactly what you're saying, we get as adults, we lose the ability or we think we lose the ability to understand how to make friends. Loneliness is its own pandemic in the world, right? And so to have someone like you who at first, right, they might be like, ooh, who's this guy high-fiving me? But then all of a sudden they're known. And maybe I'll finish with this story. So actually one of our owners told me this story and it speaks, I think, just to community and the power of community in the fitness space. He said there was a woman who would come to the studio and she at some point, eventually it was broke down into tears. And she's like, everywhere else in my life, I'm like, this always makes me cry when I say it every single time because it's so powerful, but everywhere else in my life, I am, you know, Frank's wife or I am Johnny's mom, or I am whatever here. I am me. Yeah. And I mean, like, again, it makes me cry because that's, that's awesome. We are it's so true. unknown in so many places. And this is truly a place where People can know you. They can know who Carl is. They can know that he's the guy that's giving you high fives and know your name and know that you hate burpees or, you know, whatever it may be. And, and I think it starts there, right? That's the beginning point. And then so many people leave these spaces and they actually have friends and they've made friends in a way that they haven't been able to do since they were in high school, college, these structured communities that they were before versus where we're so individualized now in everyday society. So I, I end with that because I just think it's so important that the people that are putting their time, their energy into building these and the impact that that has in the rest of the world, again, that they're supported and they know how to get their own sense of community and their own sense of wellness met through the support of vendors, consultants, franchises, whatever it may be. And it's you making that decision to get into the gym. It's not somebody saying you, you need to do this, like going to school or things like that. So mm-hmm. 1000% agree with you. I love that, you know, group fitness class and this fitness space has transitioned into community and things because you're finding, you know, people that really mesh with what you love. And, you know, if you're going to the gym five days a week or going to a studio five days a week, or even a couple days, you're making that decision. So bravo to, to you for, for doing that. 
Um, Janelle, before we wrap up, I want to just touch on what you said, because I think it's so valuable. You know, my whole life, I've been taught and trained by my peers, my parents, everyone around me that consultants are the best thing for you. And the reason for that is that you're able to get 10, 20, 30 years of knowledge into maybe an hour. And that's why, you know, if somebody's charging you $1,000 for that hour, imagine what waiting 10 years to find out what that $1,000 could have taught you in a matter of an hour, because it would have saved you maybe millions of dollars um, and yeah. progressed you further. So, you know, I, I ask you this question of what are ways that you have vetted those people? I can say me personally, I used to go on Google. I used to go on G2. I used to go on these review platforms and I've really skipped through all of that now. And I ask them who their favorite clients are and if it's okay that I can reach out to them. And the reason for that is there is nobody that is going to tell me that they either love you or hate you better than who you think loves you and give me a real life example. That's why, you know, video testimonials to me are my personal favorite to build rapport with people. Like we did for I Love Kickboxing. How does, you know, somebody that came in for their first class or somebody that's been a member of yours for three years saying like, look at the sweat on my face and my smile. I love coming to this place and you'd be a fool not to. Like that's how we can apply it. But there, but, you know, when building your business, what are ways that you would recommend to, you know, vet who those people are? Yeah, that's a great question. And I love what you said, because yes, I feel like it's a game of shoots and ladders. Like you can either climb up the ladder or oh. you're falling down the chute a million times. And believe me, I've fallen down the chute many, <laughs> yeah. many, many times. I would have loved a ladder. I always tell people that I'm like, man, I just wanted I someone to pull yeah. me up that ladder. But uh, I will say, so yes, absolutely. What you just said, that's a huge way that we do that. We want to listen to people, other, um, our vendors, other consumers or customers and see what their experience was. I would also say going back to knowing your why and knowing your values and making sure that you're working with someone who understands those specifically in the marketing space. I mean, I've worked with agencies before, whether it be in this space or others where if they don't get what you're trying to do, if they don't understand your brand, your brand voice, what makes you unique and special. And of course that's a give and take, right? We have to support and educating, but if they don't really believe in it, understand it, they're not immersed in the industry. It's really, really hard. I mean, it can definitely be an uphill battle. So really having those conversations. And then I'll even say with you all, I look for people that I just like to work with. I mean, there's, so I come back from learning and development background and Stephen Covey, if you're you know, familiar yeah. And it, I used to teach this course called the speed of trust. And it's critical because if you don't trust the people you're working with, if you're constantly butting up against them, it will slow you down. And there's a cost to that. So having that rapport, working with people that are willing to give and take, working with people that are just fun. Like I, I'm pretty sure I came off of one of your calls and I don't know who I said, said this to you, but it's like, wow, I, you know, I appreciate being able to work with other people that are just showing up as themselves. Like, I don't feel like I need to put on some sort of front to be, you know, Ooh, I'm this director of marketing, you know, like, it's just like, no, I'm me. Like, just hang out with me. Let's talk. <laughs> and I really, really appreciate that. Cause a lot of times when you get into those meetings, it's almost like this posturing. And to me, that's exhausting. So I know that I also look for other people that can meet me there in that space, because ultimately at the end of the day, when you work with people you like, when you're both aligned with what you care about, you will work faster, you will work better, you will collaborate in ways that you could not with a vendor that maybe does not meet you in those spaces. Magic will happen. Exactly.
yeah, yeah. So just like work with people that, I mean, their work has to back themselves up too, but work with people you like, work with people that, you know, want to meet you there, want to build that relationship and, and don't feel the need to just spew a bunch of stats at me about, you know, all these things that really don't matter at the end of the Flying day. Flying to Boise, Idaho um, and getting hands on. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we hung out like, and that's important. And I think business is going to continue to change for anyone in sales or anyone in any space. If you can't really meet someone at that human level, consumers are getting smart. I mean, even as a brand, consumers are not stupid. They know when you're putting on a front or when you're just saying things to say things or when they can actually feel that you are backing what you're saying. Um, and so I think that's just important, whether you're I Love Kickboxing or you're Referizer or any company out there. Yeah, I agree. And obviously I appreciate the relationship and our friendship and it's, you know, us as an organization, we support clients in 74 countries. We have employees in 12 of those. We've been full remote for over four years and having a culture that promotes people first while talking through this little thin screen of ours is incredibly difficult. So we do team buildings in, in the Balkan Peninsula and in America and, and everywhere that we are. And it's there's nothing better than, you know, A, providing value to the people that you service and also having that relationship because we are all people. We're not robots. Like this is that we're, we're, we're business owners. We're, you know, it's, I'm, I'm speechless because it's just, you know, yeah, but it is, I mean, and business is different, like I said, so you're hitting it right nail on the head. Like we don't need to posture. I'm, I'm going to go down the rabbit hole again. So I'll pause there too. Let it go. I appreciate all, right. all the work that y'all have done with us as well. I mean, it's been great. And I appreciate just taking the opportunity and being able to share my story. It's something I don't always get to do very often, but obviously it's very near and dear to me. And there's been a lot of blood, sweat, tears, uh, hair. Well, we'll throw hair in there again, you know, in my, <laughs> in my career journey to be able to get here and to be able to share some of the things that I've learned and to be able to be in a position now where I get to take again, all those shoots that I fell down and over and over again and say, Hey, I have the ladder, please climb it, please. Yeah. I promise you With it'll smile be so much better. <laughs> climb the ladder. We're here for you. And so that's, you know, that's a much more fun position to be in than falling down that shoot every single day. <laughs> Amen. Well, thank you so much, Chanel. I so appreciate the time today and hearing your story. For those of you listening, you know, I hope that you definitely saw value. If you haven't been to an I Love Kickboxing or you're feeling, you know, like you want to beat somebody up or just get an amazing workout in, I personally have been to many classes myself. Go give it a try. And, you know, if you want to experience what Janelle and her team have from the communication and standpoint of what Referizer pr promotes, feel free to schedule a call with me and uh, we'll show you what we can do. Thank you so much, Chanel. Thank you. Thank you for thinking of me. Thank you for inviting me. This is super fun. I actually really appreciate it. It's been a while since I've got to do something like this and it feels good. So thank you. Thank you so much. That's it for this week's episode. I hope you found it helpful. Be sure to head over to our site, local-business-hacks.com to check out the show notes and send me questions or ideas for future episodes. If you want to grow your business, just like the people you've heard from here, Follow Local Business Hacks Podcast and tune in for new tips, tricks, and tactics. Until next time, thanks for listening and keep hacking.